0: Maybe you just read the paper. Uh, and I was, I was really surprised by the headlines as it read that the Hobbs Eagles beat Las Cruces for the first time in over 50 years. In over 50 years, it was the first time that they won. And that's really great, but if you go on to read the article... They won in 68, and they didn't win again until 2018. And then if you start to read in the middle, it says, well, they didn't play from 1969 to 2010. (laughs) So there really was this long stretch, but at the bold, you think, wow, 50 years, they really only played four games in between that time period you know it's it's important that as we begin to read we think about some of the details and what's going on and so that's what we're going to do this morning we're we're not going to just look at the headlines some of the verses that we're very familiar with but I want us to go a little bit deeper This is going to be a little different than we normally do. It's going to be way, way more interactive. And so I know this makes some of you uncomfortable, and we have to get past the noise barrier and not being able to hear well. But I'm going to ask for your participation this morning. So if you would, turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy. uh, Well, just 2 Timothy. We'll start in 2 Timothy. Last week, for those of you who remember, we were in 1 Timothy. And this week, we're in 2 Timothy. Somebody razzed me and said, hey, last week, it was Lance. Lance was the one who said it. He said, hey, you didn't tell anybody we were in 1 Timothy last week. I said, no, I didn't. So today, you know, we're in 2 Timothy. Uh, If you have your Bible, thank you for bringing it. If you didn't bring it, shame on you. Uh, Bring it next week. Or at least open up your electronic device, go through there, or look on the back of the rack of the pew in front of you. Uh, is that right? It's underneath here, so that doesn't work, but it still sounds good. So we're going to be in 2 Timothy. It's in the New Testament. What I'm going to do here is I'm going to read a few different passages, and then I want you to tell me what is Paul really trying to say to Timothy. I'll give you just a little bit of background. This is going to be Paul's Final writing that we have before that he, before he dies. Uh, he's going to die soon. Uh, he's going to die a very gruesome and painful death. Uh, it is not going to be a nice. Uh, you know, I'm I'm in my bed in the last years of my life. Uh, he still had some life left in him. Uh, yet there is a crazy leader named Nero uh, who is just going to lose his mind and ultimately Paul. He's going to lose his head over it. And so but listen to, to what Paul is writing to a younger Timothy uh, as, he, as he tries to encourage him. Let's look starting off uh, with verse uh, chapter one, verse five. he says, "I am reminded of your sincere faith, which, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also." What is Paul saying here, and why is he saying it? There is a legacy that is taking place. Why is it important for Paul to say, Hey, I know from Lois and Eunice they had great faith. Why is this important for him to tell Timothy this? Because there's somebody else to rely on when he's gone? Good, what else? Why would he say, hey, your grandmother has this great faith and your mother has this great faith? His father we don't know anything about. We know his father was a Greek. For all we know, his father was not a spiritual influence in his life. You can do it too. And, and maybe your dad didn't have it, but, but you have that pedigree because it is something that's being passed on. I don't know how many of you look at some of the things that your grandparents have done or your parents have done and you want to continue on in that legacy. My father did this and his dad did this before him and his dad's dad did this before him and you are a part of something great. You're this long strand. He's reminding him that it just didn't start with him that it goes on. Okay, let's try another one. How about let's jump down to verse 6. He says, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. What is he saying here? I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. The Holy Spirit. Okay, that's already really important because that helps you know you are not alone. What else? I heard somebody else say something. Okay, so he's saying, "Stoke the fire, fan the flame, get it going." Okay, so I, I wasn't in Boy Scouts. I do appreciate knots, and I love fire. Okay, but there's there's three things I always would quiz Wyatt about this. I don't know if he still remembers, but there's three things that you need for a fire to start a fire. Does anybody know what those are? Fuel. Oxygen and ignition. Thank you. You need fuel, oxygen, and ignition. You miss any one of those three and it doesn't happen. Okay, so what's going on here? If you are fanning a flame, what is that already presuming? That there is something already there. I don't know about you. If, if you have been a little kid and you you rubbed those little sticks together and maybe you had a little bit of grass there and you're trying to get it started, once you start to see it glow, what do you do? You add oxygen. You blow on it and that gets it started. What if you decided, you know what? I don't need the spark. I'm just going to grab some twigs and I'm going to start blowing on them you better look good in blue because you're not going to get a fire. He's already saying, I know that there's a spark. There's something inside you. I want you to fuel that. I want you to fan that and get it going over and over again. Okay, I love this verse. 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 7. For God did not give us a spirit of t- a timidity, but a spirit of love and power and discipline. What, what's he saying here? Don't be afraid. What's timidity mean? I like this. Hi. So nice to meet you. My my name's my my name's Doug. I would like to sell you so oh you don't want to buy okay, I'm sorry, I'll go away. You know, this idea of timidity. Okay, this is, I love busting out the Greek on this one. Okay, he says, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but he said he gave us a spirit of power. Does anybody know what that word power comes from? It is the Greek word dynamos, and you're right, it means dynamite. Like, you have something very, very powerful inside you. Don't be afraid of it. Walk down the halls knowing that you have been filled with the Spirit. Have you ever had one of those days where it's just been one of those really good days? Maybe you're on a team and your team whooped up on on the opposing team pretty bad, and y'all got to come back, and y'all got to walk in the next day to school, and you're like, oh yeah, we won, we beat, Lovington. Okay, that's a bad example. Poor guys. Okay, so we beat Las Cruces. You know what's going to happen on Monday when those kids walk into school, that football team, and for the first time in 50 years, in four games, (laughs) they beat Las Cruces. You think they're going to be walking down the halls going, yes, we did it. They have confidence. Paul was saying have confidence because you have that Power in you from God. Let's let's go on again. He says, verse uh, one of chapter two. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Anybody catch anything in there? There's some grace. I'm offering you grace. What else? In Christ. I'm. I, there's something else. Somebody just muttered. I mean, there's a lot of good words in this one, but there's one I really picked up on. My son, you get that here? They're they're not related, okay? You you probably should know this. Paul talks about some of his other letters. You know, it's better to remain single. He doesn't have a wife. He doesn't have a, uh, a child. He doesn't have a son. But this is a second time where he refers to Timothy as his son. That's how close they are. In fact, Timothy is mentioned more times in Paul's salutations than anybody else. He loves him, he's close to him, and he treats him like a son. And that has to give him confidence as he goes on. But listen to this. Verse 3, he says, Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. What is he saying here? Yeah, there's going to be some hardship ahead of you. There's going to be some affliction. There's going to be some persecution. Be ready for it. I did not invite you to come on a cruise. I invited you to a battleship. Man your gun. Be prepared. Understand that there is going to be incoming fire. And when it comes, you need to be ready as a soldier. Okay, how about this one? Uh, Chapter 2, verse 22. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. What's he saying? Okay, he's telling him how to be a vessel for God's Word. And what does he have to do? What's, he first starts off, what's he saying in verse 22? The first word? Flee. Now that's not really a word that we use. The only time I use the word flee is when I'm talking about dogs. This is completely different. He's saying, run away from that stuff. Get far, far away. This is not, we should accept it, and we should love it, and and we should be close to it. No! He says, get away from it! Because all this is going to do is cause you trouble. He says, stay away from people who all they can do is talk about stupid arguments. That's what he says here. You don't believe me, you can read it. He says, get away from that stuff. Don't have anything to do with it change the channel. Just because it's accepted on daytime TV does not mean that we as Christians should allow it in our lives. That we need to put a filter in that says, I'm not going to allow it. My wife Jennifer was just saying the other day, there was a kid walking down the hall who said a word that's completely inappropriate. And the way that he said it was just normal as though He said it a hundred other times. He's a fifth grader. He shouldn't be going around saying these words. Well, the reality is is that's a word that he's heard over and over again. It's something that came into him and as a result it flowed out of him. We have to be willing to guard our hearts and run from that. We're almost done. How about this? Uh, I love this. He says, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct Rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. What's he saying here? Lots of stuff in this verse. What's something that you think he's trying to convey to a younger Timothy? Righteousness? Okay. Steadfast? All the time. Faith? Have faith? He doesn't say, you know what? Get geared up for Sunday mornings, that's the big day. I mean, really, if you're going to be an evangelist, that's the one day of the week that you work. Trust me, I know this. One day, okay? If you you can have a good Sunday, all the other, you know, Monday through Saturday, they don't matter. He says, be prepared in season and out of season. Let your light shine every day. Don't just say, oh, you know, I'm going to take a week off. He constantly encourages him to do that. Now listen to this. This is is where I really want to get to. Verse uh, 6 of chapter 4. What's he trying to say here? For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith and now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, not only to me, but all who long for His appearing. What is he saying? You're going to be rewarded for your faith. You know... Again, remember, this is Paul about to die. This is Paul about to be executed. Paul knows that he is not getting out of prison alive this time. He made it out alive once before, but this time, he's not going to. And this is what he says. I mean, he could say like all these things like, oh, this is so terrible, I can't believe it happened this way. Look at all that I did, and and nothing good came from it. He stares death in the face... And he's not afraid. He says, I fought the fight. I finished the race. I kept the faith. This is almost like his celebration acceptance speech. Like he's holding up the Emmy and said, I did it. Except instead of holding up this, he's in a cold, wet, dark prison. And he is about to be executed. He is just waiting to hear that door open. And the guards standing there saying, let's go, Paul. And before the door opens, he's saying, I did it. But do you hear what else he's saying to Timothy in the last few words? Not only to me. This this reward isn't just for me. It's for everybody. The heart, the heart of Second Timothy is Paul's trying to encourage Timothy to continue on. See, what's really going on is this. Paul, well, Paul's older. And his ministry is about to come to an end, but there's a lot of people that he loves. Hey, Lynn, can you come up here and help me? Yeah, Lynn. You say me. Is there another Lynn behind you? I think you're a great example of Paul. Uh, you're old, uh, and you're, you're. This is funny because just this morning, uh, Avery, his granddaughter, and Lily, my daughter, who are friends, they were walking in the hallway and they noticed up on the calendar that our birthdays are right beside each other. In fact, one of them even said, "Look, uh, Lynn is uh, is a few days younger than Doug, uh, except for a few years." So, I mean, we're really close on this. You're the 30th of November. I'm the 26th of November. November 26th is my birthday. You can write it down now. Uh, you can save it for later. His is the 30th. So anyway, so so you're probably about the age of Paul is at this point, plus maybe a few years, okay? He's probably in his uh, 60s, maybe mid-60s, so he's still a, a pretty young guy. Now, let's be honest, Paul, has he's had a rough life. He's been shipwrecked. He's been beaten. Uh, he's looking forward to years and years of arthritis, I mean, to say the least. It's going to be tough for him, but he's probably at the age that you are. So, What I want to do here is, um, if you just uh, come stand right here, okay, I've got to grab a few things. And I need you to pick a younger person to help you out in this. Can you pick somebody out who can help you? Either one. Jacob. Jacob, you want to come here? Okay, that's actually perfect. So this is going to be pretty simple. Okay, so I have a device right here. I don't know if this is going to work well enough. You can be able to see it or hear it. So here's what's going to happen. Jacob, I want you to stand here, and I want you to hold this pole. Just put your hand on the metal. Uh, I want you to do the other hand. That might be easier. Okay, now you put your hand on the pedal. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to reach out, and I want you to touch Jacob with a hand. Can you hear that? Okay, now let go. Now touch again. Okay, can everybody see what's going on here? Okay, you can let off now. Okay, so what this is, this is uh, a continuity tester. This shows that, that they can touch each other. You can not only see it, but you can hear it. You've got to be holding on to the metal there. And there you go again. Okay, so here. Okay, you got to let go. So we're going to do something a little bit. We're going to move this over just a little bit. Okay, let's do this again. All right, good. Wow, this is a really good group. Okay, let's scoot over a little bit. Okay, we're doing good. We're doing okay. But we notice that Jacob... Wow, he keeps getting further and further away. Okay. Okay, they made it. Okay, here we go. Can somebody take a picture of that right there? I just we. Don't. Whoop whoop! I gotta scoot this over. You guys are stretching. Okay, here we go. Go for it. Uh, no! You know it's gonna have to be skin to skin contact. Okay. Okay. Here we go. They're a little more clever than I thought. Okay. You can't move the the metal bases. Okay, so what are we going to do here? Okay. Can you get somebody else? Bob? Bob? Let's see if this is going to work. There you go. You have it right there. This is exactly what's going on with Paul right here. Paul is older. He realizes that his opportunity to minister a younger Timothy that he desperately loves is getting hard. Not not just because he's in prison in Rome and uh, Timothy is over in Ephesus. He realizes that his ability to reach out to that person is getting harder and harder. And so he realizes that he needs to do something. Now, he has a great deal of love for the church in Ephesus. He spent years, Paul did, in Ephesus. That's where he left Timothy to do the work. He wants the people of Ephesus to continue to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ and he knows he can't do it and he knows he's got somebody there who can help but he can't get to him so he says I need to have a link to those people in Ephesus and he chooses to say I'm Timothy I need you to bridge the gap you need to carry the torch if you are a parent of a college student, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You send your kids off, you have trained them, you love them, you want them to love the Lord, but you know that it's gone. That your opportunities to influence them is no longer there. And you need somebody there who's going to talk to them and say, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me remind you about Him. Remember your mom and your grandmother and what an influence they are. Don't forget, you have a spark in your life. Every one of us, we can, should, and ought to be that middle person that continues to connect people to Jesus you have people who you love who are no longer close and you want them to know Jesus and you need to find someone who will help convey them the message and so you need to be a mentor in that way and there are people in Hobbes who came from different families in different cities, and maybe they're, they traveled here to come to, to USW or NMJC or in the oil field, and that contact that they had with someone who knew Jesus and who loved them is gone, and they are praying for you, the middle person, to step in and say, let me remind you about a God who loves you. Okay, one more time. Will you guys do this for me? I want you to get a good picture of what this looks like, Bob. If y'all want, one more time. This is what you all are called to do. Reach out to this world and help share Jesus. This morning, I want to encourage you to do that. I'm going to let you guys let go, and we're going to stand and sing a song of encouragement as we go out into the world today. Let's.